Hi there, I'm Tom Field. I'm Senior Vice President of Editorial with Information Security Media Group. Very pleased to welcome you to today's conversation. The topic is zero trust, auditability, and identity governance. I am privileged to be speaking today with Frank Bergulio, Federal CTO with SailPoint. Frank, thanks so much for taking time to speak with me. Tom, thank you. This is going to be a great conversation. I'm looking forward to it. Well, let's start here. It's been well over two years now since the release of President Biden's landmark cybersecurity executive order, which, as you know, focused in large part on zero trust and identity security. What progress would you say federal agencies have made to comply? Yeah, Tom, that is a great question. With the, you know, really aggressive timelines, you know, personally, I feel <laughs> I feel like the agencies have actually done a lot. Um, they had to start off with working groups and, and kind of understand what zero trust meant to them. Um, that's why I say there's a really aggressive timeline because there was not a lot of prescriptive guidance at first. Um, so what we've seen since then is NIST stepping up with, with SP 207 um, and then the NCCOE um, implementation project with SailPoint, you know, we're really proud of being part of, but that still isn't, isn't the final answer, right? Um, so, you know, there's guidance from DHS CISA on the zero trust model. So what I have, I have seen is a lot of zero trust pilots start, and then they recognize that, hey, we don't have all the pieces, we don't have all the information. So I think we're all going through a, a big learning experience, and, and some have some are way further ahead than others. Um, and I think it's it's you know the information sharing that's happening is critical, and you know there's no shortage of these zero trust conversations from multiple different vendors, you know. But and that's the scary thing because no one does it all, right? We're all a critical piece. So Frank, beyond the learning curve. Where do you see agencies most challenged to meet the prescribed standards? Yeah, so when we look at that, there's there's a lot of new um, federation, authorization, credentialing standards. Um, there are a lot of mandates and guidance that they need to follow. Um, you know, I will go back to there is, you know, a shortage of cybersecurity resources. Mm -hmm. So we have to look at ways to do things faster and more efficiently. Um, so, you, you know, there's challenges with resources, there's challenges with funding, how is all this getting paid for, you know, is CDM really the foundation? Um, so there's so much that gets tied into that answer, but I, I don't think there's a shortage of challenges um, that, that, as I mentioned in the first, you know, question, um, first conversation that, you know, there's the, what does it mean to us? And that's, so it, it, there's, um, I, I feel like, you know, we're resetting on ICAM, which I love as, a, as an identity practitioner, because um, it is foundational. Um, so, you know, I, I feel the agencies are, are getting it. Um, they're moving forward. Uh, you know, so it, it really is, is, I think the timeline is probably one of their biggest challenges. I want to focus on that word you used, foundational. What would you say are today's essential components of identity security? And how do they provide key foundational components of modern security architecture and zero trust? Yeah, this is this is really where I like to talk. Um, one, because the identity community has been talking about least privilege and automation, um, federation, you know, privilege controls, uh, dynamic access for years. This is not new to the identity ecosystem. Um, the industry did make it challenging, you know, a lot of disparate platforms and things like that, technologies that weren't integrated that didn't work. 
Um, but the components really, you know, go back to the original ICAM service components, right? Um, identity, we need to be doing identity lifecycle automation. GSA has done a really good job with the identity lifecycle management playbook to, to articulate to the agencies how to get from, you know, M2209 to zero trust, 207, you know, so I think that is one of the biggest components and many of the Fed SIP agencies own this platform already. They own SailPoint Identity IQ. It's in their environment as the CDM master user record. Um, so I think that is like really the foundation where it starts, right? How we onboard and offboard contractors, employees, service accounts, RPAs, you know, any type of user. Um, the other critical piece is tying that privilege access management. I mean, that is the foundation. Those two components never go away. The dynamic access, the federation, you know, those are all this is so tied together. You know, we tend to look at ICAM as one thing. And it really, yes, it's one thing because it's all tied together in the same ecosystem, but it's many pieces that need to come together. And, you know, it's that entire stack. And then we need to tie that even tighter to the policy level at the zero trust, you know, perimeter. I'm going to pull the frameworks thread you mentioned here. How does identity security support cybersecurity frameworks such as specifically the NIST CSF and its strategy to, as you know, identify, protect, detect, respond, and recover? Yeah. So, so this is another one near and dear to my heart. I had the opportunity to evaluate the SailPoint platform a few years ago with, with one of the co-authors of the CSF. So I learned a lot about the CSF. We went through all the subcat the families and the subcategories, and, and we looked at how our platform to date, meaning a few years ago, um, and we're going through this exercise today to update this since the platform has changed so much. But you know, when we when we look at identify, that is really looking at your environment and identifying what's on it. It's who, it's it's all it's that who part. It's the what, what is on my network? What am I trying to build the security models around? And that is protect, right? So once we know what's there, then we can build that protection model. We do that, identity security does that through building an access model. It might be roles, it might be policies, but we're building the baseline of what security should look like. Then detect, since we are that baseline, we can determine that anomaly. What does Tom have that he shouldn't? Or why does Tom have something that Frank doesn't? So we can start doing that analytical evaluation. Um, if we need to respond, that's that automation. There's the onboarding bringing someone in, but we may need to disable them. We may need to remove them quickly. And that's where we you know, extend the identity ecosystem into the security, cybersecurity SOC infrastructure, SIM, SOAR, UEBA, all these things. And we can tie that Tom did something nefarious, or we think Tom did something nefarious, or Tom's a contractor and he's leaving in 30 days. We're going to watch him more. But that's tying the community together and being able to take action. And that's another missing link. Recover, identity applies to recover, but more in the framework of if a system is taken down completely, um, or if there is a nefarious act and we're doing a, a, a um, you know, restoration, we know what the access looks like. We can rebuild it at the current state for um, analysis, 
right? But then we can also replace what we, you know, in an incremental manner. So it really does spread across all of the, the five uh, families, 35 subcategories. And over when we tie it to NIST controls, I think our count back then was 135. We tie that to the, the draft, what we're doing right now, and our new platform. I think the number with, with Rev5 is going to be upper, and, and our new platform is going to be up around 200 controls in 853. Frank, you talked about access modeling. I want to get into the weeds with you a little bit. How can one leverage identity metadata, access modeling, as you say, and lifecycle automation to ensure only the right people have got the right access at the right time, which is exactly what we're after. Yeah, a a absolutely, and it's all data, right? And that's why I, I, I always turn that, that back to the master user record. Um, I've been doing identity in the federal government for you know my entire career, and I've never seen a more complete data set that is the CDM master user record. The trust, cred, priv, behave elements that are in there are those decision-making attributes. How do I get in the, you know, I onboard, how do I get in the right SharePoint system and not have access? How do I get in the right ERP system? Those are all based on identity profile attributes. Do I have my cybersecurity or awareness training? Yes, so I can be on the network. Um, do I have my privileged user training to then request access to a privileged entitlement? So it's using all of this data that we have, and we're doing this, you know, selfishly here. We're doing this with our AI access modeling in our in our SaaS platform to take this data and look at how things are today, process things like peer group analysis and 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 asset discovery, risk discovery, and then say, okay, this might be an access profile that we need to apply to this community of people, but we need to take it away from these. And this has become much more than a human problem. And that's where the AI services that we're building with, with data insights, activity insights, um, you know, and the access modeling piece, this is making that human problem easier to solve. And, and you know, another selfless plug, our SaaS platform, you know, will be uh, FedRAMP um, moderate soon. Um, that's all I can say right now, but that's going to enable the agencies to really take their modeling um, programs to the next level. Frank, we talk a lot about complexity these days. How can one leverage the right tools to identify the known and unknown threats and then prevent or limit the dam damage that can be done by the nefarious actors? Yeah, that's kind of bringing the whole ecosystem together. Um like I said, where we need to extend the, the identity security ecosystem and look into what's happening in behavior analytics. We need to look at what devices they're using when they're getting on the network. You know, So the identity perspective of zero trust is we see so much, right? We can, when properly implemented, we should be able to see whether Tom has an Active Directory account on-prem or Tom has an Azure Active Directory account as well. Um, we should see Tom's instance of his identity everywhere. You're one single carbon life form. So as we do that and we bring in these signals from these external systems, we can then do a better job of assessing risk, ensuring the right person has the right access when they need it, 
and delivering that access efficiently and removing it even quicker when they no longer need it. So it really all does tie together. Well, Frank, I want to tie it back to SailPoint. Talk to me about how you're helping customers, particularly in the public sector, improve identity security and meet the rising standards for zero trust, for auditability, and identity governance. Yeah. So, you know, SailPoint is deployed in, I think the number's pretty high. Um, I'm, I'm going to say 23 of the 24 Act. Uh, CFO Act agencies, you know, many of the the, the um, operating divs uh, across the DOD, you know, a hundred agencies can't be wrong, um, and they're using the platform uh, in various different ways. We have we have some very, you know, generic customers that are taking advantage of our Identity IQ platform. We have customers that are taking advantage of our Identity Security cloud platform kind of leaning forward, um, getting ready for the, the FedRAMP launch here soon. Um, so the platform really isn't the challenge. I'm obviously going to say moving to the cloud is more efficient. You're not going to have those troubles in your data center. Everyone knows the value of cloud. Um, so I'm not going to go really deep in there. But, you know, we provide the lifecycle automation, the governance control, and the auditability. So the compliance aspect of the platform, being able to dynamically review access to ensure Tom should still have the thing and have it not be a checkbox decision. So when we when we look at you know roles and access profiles um, and entitlements, each one of those applies to a policy and a framework somewhere. Um, whether it's a, a NIST 853 AC4 control, you know, AC3, some other control, a lot of what we do is the control, right? We, we are how you prove it. So whether you're deploying on our SaaS platform or our on-prem solution that, that's there sitting in your agency, you know, the idea is to modernize and, and that is the direction of SaaS. And we have built some really exciting um cloud cloud identity you know entitlement management components we have built some you know we're moving our file access services to the cloud there's so much that we're doing in the platform uh to make this easier on the agency to meet their challenging timelines and their resource constraints as well very well said frank appreciate your time and insight today thanks so much Absolutely, Tom. It has been fantastic. Thank you very much for, for uh, allowing me to speak with you today. Of course. Topic has been zero trust, auditability, and identity governance. You just heard from Frank Bergulio, federal CTO with SailPoint. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tom Field. Thank you so much for giving us your time and attention today.